Joseph Carl was one of the Westminster divines that preached frequently on the special occasions which had been designated by the Long Parliament by the Westminster Assembly. He was thus one of the notable preachers among the divines. He was born in London in 1602 and graduated at Exeter College, Cambridge, graduating in a Master of Arts in 1627. Between 1627 and 1632, he carried out ministry in Oxfordshire. He moved to London and was preacher to Lincoln's Inn in 1632 to 1647. And then he became the minister of St. Magnus Church near London Bridge. Here he continued until he was ejected from the church by the 1662 Act of Uniformity. He, however, remained in London and gathered round himself an independent congregation which he ministered to until his death on the 10th of March, 1673. After his death, his independent congregation chose John Owen as his successor and they merged together with, his, with Owen's nearby congregation. In later years, the Puritan David Clarkson and the hymn writer Isaac Watts ministered in this church. Carl and John Owen were great friends who were often appointed by Parliament and Oliver Cromwell on national duty. He, along with Owen, were among the ministers present at Cromwell's deathbed in September 1658. As well as participating in the Westminster Assembly, he also participated in the Savoy Conference a decade later in 1658. Carr is most famous for his commentary on the Book of Job, which was printed in 12 volumes. It is said it took nearly 25 years to get through the book, and numbers which were large at the beginning were greatly reduced by the end. Some have talked about the patience of Job, Others have talked about the patience of Carl. The Puritans, however, held the 12 volumes in high regard, and he was looked upon as one of the great preachers of his day. The book was chosen uh, with a pastoral concern because England and indeed Europe was going through turbulent times in those days and wanted to minister pastorally to his tried and suffering flock and thus he went through the book with that in mind. It is a very edifying commentary. Charles Spurgeon valued it much on the fly leaf of his third volume of his 12-volume set. He wrote, Carl is not a line too long for me. He gives us much, but none too much. Carl did not enter much into the debates of the assembly, although he came out strong for the independence on the question of church government. He is more known for his frequent preaching to Parliament between 1640 and 1649 on those special fast days and other days of humiliation. That he was often chosen is an indication of his preaching ability. When he was ejected in 1662, he preached his farewell sermon to a weeping people 
upon the text in Revelation chapter 3, verse 4, they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Commenting on that text to his people, he said, let it therefore be your greatest care to avoid whatever tends to sully your garments, to stain the purity of your consciences and character as friends and disciples of Jesus Christ. And know for a truth that whoever amongst you neglects this watchful anxiety over their own hearts and lives shall walk in black and be attired in robes of mourning. I have endeavored whilst among you to press these important considerations on your minds. And should I have no more opportunities of this kind, it is the desire of my heart and shall be my prayer to God that we may meet at the right hand of our Judge and our Redeemer, where all our prayers will be answered and all our unworthy services graciously rewarded with glory, honor, and immortality. He died in 1673, as we said, in his 71st year. His elegy reads, His pious sermons did declare his worth. His exposition set his learning forth. And whilst we lament his being gone, angels with anthems welcome him at home. His friend Henry Darney was in London at the time and visited him on his deathbed. After his death, he used the occasion to write to his own brother, that is, Henry to his own brother who wasn't a saved man and you'll bear with me as I read the letter that famous and laborious minister of Christ Mr. Joseph Carr your ancient friend and companion has departed this life aged 71 years his death is greatly lamented by the people of God throughout this city about the beginning of his sickness I was with him And he inquired concerning you, as he was wont to do, perceiving him to be weakly, though he did not then keep his chamber. I desired, while he was yet alive, to remember you in his prayers, which motion he cheerfully embraced. I visited him again about three days before his death. He told me, as I understood him, for being extremely weak and past all hopes of life, His voice was low, that he had not forgotten his promise to me in your behalf. I think it good to mention this circumstance in order to provoke you to all seriousness with regard to your own soul, the eternal welfare of which lay so much at the heart of this eminent servant of Christ. His labors were great, his studies incessant, and his whole conversation without spot or blemish. His charity, faith, wisdom, and zeal had a fragrant smell among the churches and servants of Christ, by whom his loss will be long lamented. His sickness, though painful, was borne with patience, joy, and peace in believing, so that he parted with time and entered the harbor of eternity under the full sail of desire and was wafted into the port by a gentle breeze of divine consolation. And drawing near the close of life, 
he desired his friends to forbear speaking to him, that he might retire within himself, which time they perceived he spent in prayer, often lifting up his hands a little. His friends, observing that his hands had ceased moving, drew near and found he had silently departed from them, leaving many a sorrowful heart behind. And continuing on writing to his brother, he said, And now, dear brother, oh, that this may be an exciting motive to you and me, to redeem the time which the caterpillars have eaten, that we be not found unready. And if ever you expect to be a companion again with Mr. Carl, break off from all such company which were not his delight. Concern yourself to make a fresh and thorough surrender to God in your old age. Beg, I beseech you, beg such a convincing, impartial, heartbreaking sight of your sins in youth and old age that may force you to Christ for refuge while he may be found, and beg his Spirit that you may glorify him on earth the few days that yet remain as signally as ever you have dishonored him. What a joy will it be to this glorified saint, Mr. Carl, at the last day, to see that his prayers for you have prevailed. Dear brother, I pray excuse my earnestness in what I have written. It may be you and I may never again see each other in this world. You are much upon my heart. I mean as to your eternal estate. And glad I should be to hear of some eminent change as to soul concernments before either I hear of your or you hear of my launching forth into vast eternity where there can be no more changes. And the hour is near and with the eye that have seen you shall see you no more. As the tree falls, so shall it lie. The eternal judgment follows death at the hills. Dear brother, farewell. Yea, fur better and better till you fur best of all. And so that was quite a moving prayer to his brother, brought upon by the emotions of the death of an eminent servant of God. He was as universally recognized as very learned as well as a very godly man which was why he was chosen to attend the Westminster Assembly. His published remains are very many, and so he being dead yet speaketh. In his ministry, he had an emphasis on holiness of life and godly discipline. He said, Perfect holiness is the aim of the saints on earth, and it is the reward of the saints in heaven. On another occasion, He said, those who eat too much are just as guilty of sin as those who drink too much. Men oftentimes complain that they have spent too much money in feasting, but it is rare that any have admitted that he has spent too much time in feasting. And then these lovely comments, it more pleaseth the saints that they enjoy God than that they enjoy salvation. False and carnal spirits will express a great deal of desire after salvation, for they like salvation, heaven and glory well. 
but they never express any longing desire after God and Jesus Christ. They love salvation, but they care not for a saviour. Now that which faith pitcheth most upon is God himself. He shall be my salvation. Let me have him. And that is salvation enough. And so lived and died this eminent divine. 